Hi, my name is Daniel Collins, and my wife Betsy and our four kids t attend Music Row. Uh, it's a pleasure to join with you today as we continue uh, our study in First and Second Peter. Uh, today, we're going to look at Peter's swan song. Second Peter, uh, we're going to focus on the first half of chapter one. Uh, so we're going to kind of dive here into the text, and while you turn there, I want to frame our discussion uh, with a question. Um, so, so Jane Austen's masterpiece, Pride and Prejudice, it has this very famous first line, uh, kind of functions as an overarching theme of the novel. Uh, it goes like this, it says, It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Um, now, if you've read the novel, there's a, there's a good deal of irony, uh, kind of mocking tone in, in there. Uh, but in essence, uh, the idea is that if certain circumstances are true in your life, then certain other things will necessarily follow as a result in your life. Um, so our material circumstances often determine or dictate our preoccupations. So the question that I want us to think about today has a very similar, similar parallel. Uh, and that is this. It says, if we are united to Christ and we are hooked into the Holy Spirit uh, and we are inheritors of his riches and possess his great fortunes, what, what do we become preoccupied with? Um, if, our, uh, if our pockets are, are lined with Jesus Bitcoin, what type of people do we then become? Um, so before we look at the passage, let, let me open us up in prayer. Dear God, we ask you to fill our hearts with your spirit. Uh, we ask that you guide us as into a deeper knowledge of you. Illuminate your truth today uh, so that we may become living stones of your spiritual house. May we be as newborns longing for the pure milk of your holy word. Amen. Okay, let's look here at... Um, verses 1 and 2. Uh, Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus the Messiah, to those who have attained a share of faith equal to ours in the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus the Messiah. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now let me point out two quick things. Unlike the greeting in 1 Peter 1, Peter first identifies himself as not as an apostle, but as a servant, or really a slave. Uh, so obviously this is not a positive connotation. Um, he, he very much could have emphasized his authority as, a, as an apostle here, but instead he, he, does, he, he chooses not to lord his position over uh, his audience. Uh, and I think this is important because it shows he's working to really communicate with his listeners on an equal footing. Right? Um, and then similar to, to the greeting in 1 Peter 1, this message is really directed to those who have already obtained a share of faith equal to ours in the righteousness of God. So in other words, he's writing this directly. It's kind of aimed squarely at a, at a group of foreigners, resident aliens, who have been set aside in advance, right? So kind of already have received the starter kit, right? Have already um, received faith uh, through Jesus, right? Okay, now let's look at verse 2. Um, May grace and peace be multiplied to you, um, in the knowledge of God. Now, I think this could kind of func this kind of functions as kind of our topic, uh, our thesis statement, right? So, he is saying, um, "You already have received grace and peace, and now may it be multiplied as you get to know God." Right? Um, and so, the rest of the chapter, I think, is is 
is what this is all about, this part right here. Peter's longing is to, is to really help us see that, that we, we don't kind of just get this initial um, download uh, or, or this kind of just starter kit's enough. We're not static in our faith. It's one that we, um, we're not given kind of a one-time fire insurance policy then we sit back and kind of watch the game, right? It's very much in the knowledge of God, we take, we take an active stance here. Um, actively working to know God is, is the means by which we are shaped and move and have our being. It's the way that, that we grow into our faith so that his righteousness shines in our life. Um, head knowledge is, is not the end in itself, um, but, but here as we look in, let's look at verses 3 through 11, we can kind of see how it functions kind of as a pathway to uh, continued spiritual transformation. So I want to read 3 through 11 here. God has bestowed upon us through his divine power everything that we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and virtue. The result is that he has given us through these things his precious and wonderful promises. And the purpose of all this is so that you may run away from the corruption of lust that is in the world and may become partakers of the divine nature. So, because of this, you should strain every nerve to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, and your knowledge with self-pity, and your self, self-control, and self-control with patience, and your patience with piety, and your piety with family affection, and your family affection, affection with love. If you have these things in plentiful supply, you see, you will not be wasting your time or failing to bear fruit. In relation to your knowledge of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, someone who doesn't have these doesn't have these things, in fact, is so short sighted as to be actually blind and has forgotten what it means to be cleansed from earlier sins. So, my dear family, you must take you must make the effort all the more to confirm that God has called you and chosen you. If you do this, you will never trip up. This is how you will this is will this is how you will have richly laid out before you an entrance into the kingdom of God's coming age the kingdom of our lord and savior the messiah Okay, so how do we summarize this? What do we make, how, how do we make sense of this? this? is really an overwhelming uh, passage here. Uh, and I think it's tempting to think of, of Christian faith as, okay, what does, what does God want from, uh, from us? What do I need to do to kind of feel good about th- that God loves me, right? Is it just good behavior? Is it kind of renouncing things that we kind of would actually rather be doing sometimes? Is it, um, is it kind of a gritted teeth morality of, of living slightly uncomfortable lives, but, but, but it's the right thing to do, right? And I think this passage right here particularly, it makes it so clear, beloved, that nothing could be further from the truth, right? And I think if you're going to try to summarize this, uh, the big picture is that this is not what God wants from you, from us. This is what God wants for us. As his people, this is what, what, this is what God wants for us. Okay? Look back at, at verse, verse 3. Um, he has given us everything we need. He has equipped us fully. So everything is from God in the first place. And so really, whatever we, we do by way of obedience uh, and allegiance to God, it all takes place within uh, the grace of the gospel. Right? So ex post facto, it's our obedience is, is a result. It's an um, outpouring of, and fruit of his mercy. 
Um, okay, look, look at verse 4. Um, and we, we say here, the result is that he has given us, through these things, his precious and wonderful promises. Okay, so I, I think, and actually let me just keep going. The purpose of all this is so that you may run away from the corruption of lust that is in the world and may become partakers of the divine nature. So we actually, through these things, can share in his very nature. Um, and so in, in other words, our kind of our end game, our final destination and calling is to partake in his divine nature. Um, and, and that kind of seems a little bit strange, right? It's like, do we, are we becoming God? And it's not saying that, but what it's saying is that when, we, when God takes up residence in our life, we take on his nature. Um, and this is really a profound reversal of how we, we, we normally think about it because works are not a prerequisite for salvation, but rather a kind of a, a, a byproduct. It's something that we get to part, participate in, right? And God has given us through his divine power that ability. Uh, and, and true faith, it does. It has a concrete impact on what we are preoccupied with. And it's through his promises uh, that we are empowered, right? Um, and so if that's true, right, if that is the case here, if that's what, if that's what Peter is saying, like we're done, right? Mission accomplished. We can kind of hit snooze button, right, for the rest of our lives. Let's look, look at, at verse 5. Um, and you, the first thing you see in verse 5, we can kind of double click here, and uh, you see this conjunction, so, right? And I think anytime we have a conjunction, right, it signals that everything above, because of everything above, now there's a new reality, um, that we, they were a part of. And so what, what is it saying? What, what, is that, what is it doing? It says, well, because we have been given everything, everything we need in terms of salvation and godliness, because we are able to run away from the corruption of lust and dehumanizing patterns and traps, um, then, therefore, let us strain every nerve. Uh, let us make every effort, right? Let us really go for it. To, to supplement. Uh, and it's not to, to establish your faith. Your, our faith is already established. Um, what, what we're doing here is we're making effort. We're straining to, to, to supplement, extend, or amplify. Uh, and, then, and then what he does here is he goes through this list of, of virtues, right? He says, you know, extend your faith with virtue, with knowledge, with self-control, with patience, with piety, with family affection, and with love. Um, so I think this, this kind of calls to mind, obviously, the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, and I, I think one, one thing that kind of jumps out at me here is, is that it's almost like this virtue stacking, right? So we, we had this sense where you, you kind of put one on top of the other. Um, and uh, in, in fact, you know, the more humble you are, the more patient you are, right? The more patient you are, the more forgiving you are. So they, they do really kind of lead into each other. And I think you, you see that here. But the question I want to ask us for us to think about is, um, you know, do, you, do we think about practicing and cultivating and, and developing uh, biblical virtues in our lives? Like, do we think about how do we kind of develop uh, piety or patience. Um, and it almost, you know, I think initially it just almost seems like kind of like this legalism or like a, a, a wrong track, right? Some kind of moralistic um, exercise, right? But, um, but let's remember Hebrews 5.8, right? Where he says, where, where it says, although Jesus was a son, he still had to learn obedience, right? So although Jesus is God, even though Jesus is God, he still had to learn obedience and through his suffering. 
Um, so in, in other words, like hard, we need hard things in our lives to teach us, right? And we also, it, it's actual work that we, that we need to, to learn and we need to put into practice and actively kind of putting our faith into action. Um, and even Jesus was doing that, right? Um, so now, as we kind of move into to, to more, a couple more places of application, uh, I, I want us to keep thinking through and say, okay, what is the invitation here? What is the calling on our lives in, in, our, in our group here? What, what, um, what is the calling on our life? And um, I think sometimes when you hear, there's multiple places here where it talks about the knowledge of God and like so many things are flowing out of this knowledge of God. And where does your mind go? I mean, do, you, do, you, do we think about kind of academic, theological, head knowledge? Um, and I think some of us maybe tend to overemphasize that kind of route. Uh, whereas then maybe some of, some of other of us uh, maybe avoid that altogether. Right. And um, I think what what Peter's helping us do here is that, it, yes, it is. There is a part here where it's it's study, it's learning, it's practice. It's a part, but it's also a lot more than that, too. Right. So I think what we what we want to try to figure out how to do is how do we read this? How do we read the Bible uh, and and join into fellowship with one another and, and, it, it, and nurture a personal interaction with the risen Jesus uh, in, in an intimate relationship? Right? It's not some academic study. Um, Peter's point is that God's grace is, is really what empowers and animates and electrifies us. It's what leads and, and helps us grow uh, in righteousness. Um, and, 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 and the other part is it's not just some incremental dose. Right? It's actually we, we begin to take on his nature. Um, so so a, as we keep going, like how do we move past this kind of cerebral study hour Right, like we're prepping for some kind of uh, exam, and, and instead move into like rich dialogue with the Holy Spirit, uh, where we we enter into prayerful worship as we read the Bible. Um, so, if you have if you have a chance to discuss in your group, um, I, I think one question that that I that I, that I want us to be thinking about is how, how do we saturate our minds and our hearts with the glory and excellence of God in the Scriptures? Right? How do we do that? What does that look like? Uh, how do we become obsessed and transfixed and infatuated with the precious and very great promises that are in Scripture? Um, and I think practically, maybe one idea is as we go to the Word each day, um, we, 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 we literally are in search of, as we read the Bible, we're in, going in search of His promises, right? Read until you find one. And fix one in your mind and, and hang out with it all day long, right? Keep it in your head as you, um, as you go through um, your day, right? And, and Peter, Peter is urging us kind of to actively work on developing our character. He's um, really one on top of the other. Faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, piety, family, affection. And, you know, can I get a pass on that one? Um, and finally, love, right? And these don't happen by accident. They take effort. Um, but when, when you ask God to help you grow in these areas, uh, you, you, you actually come to know Jesus, the Messiah, in the process, right? It's not, you know, I, I want to do these things so that I can gain your favor. It's, I want to do these things so that I can get to know you more, right? Um, and that's a big shift um, because it's not an academic exercise. Uh, this, is, this is a way that we become uh, fruitful in God's service. So right here, we already see in this promise that these things, 
maybe slightly unnatural for us to, to practice these, these uh, virtues. But the promise is that as you do them, you will get to know Jesus more. And, and you will then also become more fruitful uh, in God's service. Um, okay, last, th- last thing I'll close with here. Uh, John Piper has this metaphor uh, where he says, we're, ca- we're called to be the light bulbs in our neighborhoods. Okay, we're called to be the light bulbs in our neighborhoods, casting off light to those to, to, to the, those around us, the darkness. Um, but we, but we, we can't actually generate the power ourselves, right? God is the distant kind of generator of the electricity. Um, and and here's here's the thing I think we learn here with, with Peter is that the cables that carry the, the, that power into our light bulbs, those are God's promises. And so we have to cling to God's promises if we want our light bulbs to be blasting off light. Um, close there, and I hope this is something you can, you can discuss further uh, in your group. But uh, allow me to pray. Dear God, we ask that your divine power will flow into our lives as we seek to know and trust your precious and great promises. And we ask that this power that flows through your promises will produce daily and passionate practices of godliness so that we may be effective for your kingdom. Amen. Thank you.